think we're in the early innings and we'll likely see real, real changes in the next three to five years where it is absolutely the first thing that a homeowner does is some sort of a virtual interaction. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's good for the customers. I think it's good for contractors. There will be some retraining for contractors because I know people listening to this are like, I want to get in front of them. I want to talk to them, but it's not terribly different. Like the human psychology is the same, although it's shifting a little bit, but it's still the same. I think we're in the early innings, but we'll, it'll ramp up pretty quickly here. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan and I'm your host on today's episode featuring Jeff Raley, founder of Groundwork, a virtual sales tool for contractors. We had the pleasure to meet Jeff a couple years ago in early 2020, a time when Groundwork was still in its infancy as a business, yet entered the scene right in sync with the start of a COVID pandemic. Now, some might say the timing was impeccable as Jeff brought a virtual sales tool into the mix right as a virtual world of interaction became a necessity to keep many of the doors of the service industry open. Since that time, we've seen many of our own NCG clients implement the Groundwork software with success and are now using it to enhance the customer experience, qualify leads, and power their sales teams with more effective and efficient information. In this episode, Jeff looks back at his entrepreneurial journey, shares lessons learned and successes along the way in the growth of Groundwork, the hope for the future, and what trends he and his team are seeing when it comes to the intersection of technology and the sales process in our current environment. To learn more about Groundwork, check out hellogroundwork.com and use the NCG promo code shared at the end of this episode to get started. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass. I am happy to be joined by a special guest to the episode. We love when we have some outside NCG folks. Um, we have Jeff Raley from Groundwork. He is the founder of Groundwork here. Groundwork is a virtual sales system for contractors. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Molly. Good to be here. Like uh, we're happy, we're happy to have you. So, Jeff, we have known you um, for a couple years now, and it started off at an interesting time. And we'll we'll dive into that right as kind of COVID was hitting the world. Um, and I, so we're gonna do a little bit of a retrospective on you know the past two years and kind of what you're seeing in the industry as well from a sales perspective, being in that space. But first, for those who don't know you, don't know groundwork. Give us a little bit of a background about who you are and the business. Yeah, so um, Groundwork is a virtual sales tool, um, primarily a video-based sales tool for the home improvement industries. Typically work with uh, elective uh, home improvement companies, so not necessarily like your uh, restoration or you know plumbing, plumbing service guys, more so, hey, my room looks like this, I want it to look like this, I need a painter or mm -hmm. landscape, hardscape, remodeling. Those are really uh, the contractors we work with. And our, our product is um, a video-based sales tool that helps contractors pre-qualify leads and uh, run a smoother, more kind of impressive sales process for their ideal customers. Um, we're big on customer experience. And um, as you mentioned, we've been doing this for a couple of years and um, have come a long way in just those years. So I, I'm excited about sharing a little bit of our story here on the podcast, but my background's in contracting. Um, I've got a, an engineering degree uh, and went directly into commercial contracting after after school and then um, have taken a couple of awesome and uh, fortuitous twists and turns to get into the software world. Um, and so I've been running ground for, groundwork for a couple of years now. Awesome. I love the, the melding of like a, um, a tech savvy mind and a, co a contractor experience because you're playing into the hands of what customers want these days and you're helping contractors get to that space. And so it's, and it's a, it's just a cool to be kind of pushing that forward. I mean, Groundwork is definitely a part of that, part of that space right now. Um, now let's talk about 
just the two years. And I know when we were planning this episode, we we both said that we're both fans of NPR's How I Built This with Guy Raz. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't listen to that uh, podcast channel, you absolutely should because you hear some amazing founders tell their stories about their businesses or organizations and how they got from A to B. Uh, so we're going to do a little bit of that here with Groundwork. And then, like I said before, kind of talk a little bit about what we're seeing in the industry. Um, so let's kind of set the the picture. I was intru- introduced to you, Jeff, by Luke Reynolds from mm-hmm. All In Painting. Um, thank you, Luke. Back in, a, I think it was February of 2020, um, back before okay. there Maybe there were some rumblings of COVID in the world, but we weren't, we were just, we were just connected and talking about what at the time was your program called Best Quote, now, mm-hmm. now Groundwork. So we'll, we'll chat a little bit about that branding change. Um, but when you were starting off, so tell me, wh- when did you first kick off with, with this program? So it was about a year prior that I really started working on it. Um, you know, uh, my family moved from the Richmond, Virginia area back to where kind of our family, my parents and, and my wife's parents uh, are here in Indianapolis. And at that time, I was coming off of uh, doing a bunch of consulting and traveling a lot and was really looking to get into something more entrepreneurial. Um, I had a feeling it was in the software space because I, mm-hmm. I really wasn't sure what in the world it was going to be. Um, and so really what I did is I, I set up this, I don't even know if you, if you know this, Molly, but I set up uh, what I called the the uh, like the March Badness of all of my business concept ideas. I love that. Um, I did not know that, and, but I love yeah, that idea. Yeah. So I had a whole um, kind of matrix to grade out all the concepts that I had in the back of my head or that I had uncovered through talking with other smart people, mentors, advisors. Um, a lot of these concepts were at the intersection of construction and technology, just because that's kind of what, I, you know, what I've learned and, mm-hmm. um, servicing small businesses as a consultant. Um, and actually what, what is now groundwork was not an option on that list. Um, I was renovating a house, um, here outside of Indianapolis in one of the suburbs, uh, kind of acting as a GC on the project. Um, we've done that multiple times. So I always like having my hands in some sort of project. And the, the idea struck me amongst all these other ideas that I was kind of working on refining as I was kind of managing this, this, uh, renovation, uh, I was like, man, it was actually an electrician that, that drove from like way South of Indianapolis on the North side. It's like, and I was like, man, that guy just wasted a lot of time because mm-hmm. this is not a complex thing I'm asking him to do. Um, and so I, I started, the wheel started turning a little bit. Um, and so that was really how things got started. Um, and that, then I started putting some pieces together on like how we might be able to tackle this from a technology perspective in, um, in 2019. So it was a personal situation that you experienced that you saw if something existed that could have helped this scenario on both ends, probably both for you and for Mm -hmm. that, for the electrician. So, so about a year kind of in that creation timeframe, um, I will say just to, to hit that March madness, um, component that you mentioned, I have similar memories of Brian Nolan doing that when he was creating Nolan Consulting Group back in, gosh, early 2000s. It, wow. he, he had that entrepreneurial uh, desire as well. And he was trying to, you know, think about all the, th- what, what is he passionate about? What are the things he could get involved in? What could he create? And he had a similar, I don't think it was as savvy as a March, as a March Madness matrix, but there was a list in creation, but it's funny. I mean, it's, it's probably something those who are entrepreneurs probably have similar tendencies and similar ways of creating. And that might be one of them. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's, um, you know, part of my experience previously was um, kind of falling in love with a previous you know, technology idea, but not really putting that in front, putting that through the rigor that it deserved to figure out, is this something that people want and will buy? Um, I think, you know, the, the main difference between software businesses and, you know, uh, local service businesses are that you know, there is built in demand for a lot of local services businesses, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Painting, I need my house painted. 
Um, so then it becomes a marketing game uh, to get the leads, service leads, deliver. Um, whereas with software, what is um, the, the blessing is that, you know, software, the, the margins are certainly different. You know, it's a different type of model. Um, there's upfront capital expenditure, and that's mm -hmm. very different um, than, you know, the, the service business. Um, so that whole process of running through that really allowed me to, to understand the dynamics of the businesses that I was considering. And I mean, some of these were service businesses. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes I wish I would have uh, <laughs> yeah. done that because, man, they're, they've been crushing it, um, you know. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, the whole process was really, uh, I, I would say it was rigorous. Like if I were to use one word to describe it, I was not going to put my shoulder into anything that I didn't feel like really had some huge upside and opportunity to, you know, help other people and just an interesting project, you know, to mm -hmm. work on as well that I was passionate about. So yeah, it was an interesting, interesting process. I've heard other people run similar types of processes um, to kind of just you know, figure out what fits, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a, probably part of the, the success metric is have you put in that the rigor have you put in all that research time but you know just jumping ahead, you know feet first doesn't always pan out is you know do you do you kind of have the the work done behind the scenes to see that there is potential here um and you yeah. certainly entered the market at an interesting time and there was potential and you did help contractors uh given what what your 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 software does i mean when when covid hit and I'd say this was now kind of March, April timeframe. Mm -hmm. A lot of businesses shut down for a period of time. Those that could st still operate, they were dealing with customers being fearful of sales reps coming into their home. So mm -hmm. floodgates opened for you. What what was that that experience like? Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna openly share some some numbers here. Yeah. Um, you know, when we were at like start of 2020, we were just a handful of customers, right? Uh, several here in Indiana, where I'm based. Um, you know, the technology, frankly, wasn't great. You know, did the trick. You know, enough for somebody to swipe their credit card and pay us for it. You know, so we were mm -hmm. delivering value, um, but it was pretty rough. You know, around the edges, it was a lot of us kind of. On the back side of things, checking and making sure things are working right. Um, but we had enough. We had enough that we were providing value. And then COVID hit. And I was a one-man shop at that point, um, doing everything, selling, setting up the product, doing customer success, answering help desk tickets. I mean, literally everything. And then when COVID hit, you know, we grew, you know, very, very quickly to you know, 400, 500% in a matter of months. Wow. Um, which for one person was not healthy. <laughs> no. I was, you know, like wearing the same clothes day after. I mean, everybody was at that point, right? Yeah, true. Um, you know, so, but it was like in that moment, that freak out moment, it was just like, you know, you and, and several other partners was kind of like, okay, here we, here we go. Like this is, you know, there's inbound interest now, which was a crazy thing because I've been knocking on people's doors. Yeah, uh, we, we, we like, saw the this. avenue. We saw yeah, that's we, right. we, we saw what our what our our clients were dealing with, and we saw you know, Jeff has something here, and let's make the connection. Um, and I mean, that's amazing. Like you said, like you said, just having spent so much time knocking on doors to all of a sudden have people introducing you and coming your way from from different partners. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy time. I remember coming up uh, from, I was, I should have gotten like a screen capture of some of these Zoom uh, demos I was giving to contractors. You know, I was literally in my basement, like almost in a, like you could see the air conditioning unit behind me. Like it was like, <laughs> you know, total, you know, just set up. The, the setup was not professional in, in any sense of the word. Um, you know, kids coming downstairs, you know, it was mm -hmm. just, it was crazy times. I remember coming upstairs and I told my wife, I was like, Katie, this is, this is, this is something like, this is where, this is something now, you know, cause yeah. previous it's kind of like, you know, where, where is this headed? You know, right. what's, what's the future, you know, very serious conversations with, you know, that you have with the spouse or like, you know, 
is this, is this worth what you're putting into it? Right. Um, and so, but, you know, in a weird way, thanks to COVID, we were, you know, it kind of really shined the light on the issues and the challenges and, you know, a unique situation, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it really started taking off then. And, you know, that was, that was a wild ride there for a couple of months. So when did you first bring on someone to help you? Because, I mean, to do all of that on your own, I'm I'm sensing sleepless nights. Like you're not you're not sleeping. You could say you're not. You're wearing the same clothes. Your family's not seeing you. You're in the depths of the basement trying to make all of this happen. So when did you start getting some help? So when I start, luckily, when I started to feel that, you know three, four, five demos booked in one day, it was kind of like, okay, that's a lot. If, if this ramps up to twice that amount, like, okay, this is, this is going to be something I cannot handle. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started to sense that and, um, I put the call out on LinkedIn, um, and you know, the network effect kicked in and I just said, Hey, I need somebody to help me with this, this, and this basically customer onboarding, right? Like I still do the demos and like, I need somebody to own the customer launch and, you know, help desk stuff um, for me as this is going. And that's when Taylor, who you've met, came into mm-hmm. the picture. He was kind of, he was working on another uh, project of his own that had to do with like the Chinese supply chain, which obviously was shut down at that point. So he oh, was wow. like, kind of like, I need, you know, like, hey, onto the next thing, onto the next adventure. Um, and that's when he joined up with me. Um, and so he started, I think March 20th or something like that. So pretty okay. quickly we put, pl- I mean, I, I had one phone call with him on like a Thursday and was booked apparently on Friday. And I got to the office at, uh, the co-working space here in town at, uh, um, you know, 10 AM on Saturday. And I was like, here's two hours of what we do, how we do it and what I need you to do on Monday morning. <laughs> and Get he was onboarded it. yeah, and onboarded and ready to go. So it, it ramped up pretty quickly. Luckily we had done some things to make sure that it, we were ready for that, um, mm-hmm. to bring somebody in. I was ready to kind of offload some of that stuff. So like the yeah. systems and processes, even though they were kind of chunky and clunky, they were documented um, and he could take that over. Um, that is so yeah. key right, right there that they were documented. And I think that's something that should be a major takeaway from anybody listening here. Think something that you're working on or an, an just business operations itself, if they are not documented, you cannot pass it along to somebody else You because you are owning it all in your head. Yep, I, I, need, I need a reminder of that right now because yeah. there, there are things that I'm not, I'm doing that are not documented, right? With our sales process and yep. you know, additional more customer support stuff. So yeah, that was something that could not have, we would have tripped over ourselves uh, real quick if we didn't have that in place. So Taylor joins the the company and for a while, it's just, um, you know, the two of you. And at this point, it's still best quote. So at what, what point did you make the transition to now groundwork? And what was the reason for that change? Yeah, so... Um, uh, you know, another kind of open sharing moment, we actually uh, received an investment. Um, we had done a pitch competition um, in early 2020. Um, and um, then COVID hit, right? So like, I even think I might ha- might have had COVID while I was doing the pitch because I was not feeling well, you know, oh, wow. those early cases, like, who knows? Yeah, who knows? But I was not feeling well drove up the road to uh, university about an hour away did the pitch on April 1st, we got an, a cash infusion from elevate ventures here in uh, Indianapolis. Um, again, couldn't have, it was just one of those things. It was like, okay, now we have some, some, uh, you know, some financial backing, yep, now, huge. Wasn't a ton, but it was enough to keep us, keep us moving. Um, so that kind of spurred on, a couple of projects. One, a better version of the product. Um, you know, so from a technology perspective, how we were doing things just wasn't terribly scalable. Um, mm-hmm. So we 
basically rebuilt the product from the ground up. Um, starting in mid 2020, we released that product at the end of 2020. So okay. six months of hard work on that. And that kind of coincided with the rebrand as well. Um, so we rebranded the company from best quote to groundwork, uh, worked with an agency here in Indianapolis, um, who's really, really, does really, really high end work. Um, and, you know, they brought us a couple of names, it was a really fun process, actually. Um, we kind of told them about our customers, told them about what we do, you know, all kind of the aspects of our business. And they came up with a couple of names and groundwork was the one that, that, that worked. Um, and so that, I think that officially went out like August or something like that, August, September of, of 2020. That must have been, I mean, I'm just thinking about that experience. And so to be, you know, giving or telling an agency all about you and the customer and, you know, what your future hopes are for the business. And then they put their creative minds around it and then kind of almost like create the visual for you of what this business is. Uh, that's, that's a, what it, what exactly though inspired that particular decision to, what was, were you just not, were you thinking best quote isn't, isn't telling our customers what we do or isn't speaking to what we do? Yeah, I think the, the main confusion point, um, and honestly, the name best quote was, a was when I was doing my, you know, figuring out if this is a thing or if there was something else that I should be working on, I had to name these projects. Right. And so best mm -hmm. quote was the name of this project. At that point, I wasn't exactly sure, um, what the business would look like. So it just kind of didn't fit what we were going for. Primarily, uh, the word quote, we don't do a whole lot of quoting. Um, True. You know, we, so it, it was just didn't, wasn't the right word to have in there. Um, mm -hmm. So that was, that was a big part of it. Like, where's the quoting, you know, we, on demos, where's the quoting engine or, you know, where do I do my line item, you know, estimate? It's like, well, we don't, we don't exactly do that. We're more of a collaboration, you know, virtual sales thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was a little confusing on like what we do. Um, that was, that was probably the primary thing, but it, there was also the factor of like, this is the, the previous logo and everything was like me five minutes in Canva and that was it, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it just wasn't, it wasn't very professional. It just didn't have a lot of the elements that, you know, a true brand does. You know, one of the things that opened my eyes to is, you know, a brand, Groundwork is a very broad term, right? But you can, over time, you attribute all of these features and ideas and, you know, this, this brand identity gets built over time. You start with mm -hmm. a couple of elements there, but, um, you know, really, when you start fresh like that, you have the opportunity to build it in a certain way. And they, they did a really cool job of portraying some of the brand uh, ideas, brand concepts. Mm -hmm. They, like, you know, would make a... Um, you know, mock up swag, like what would swag look like for your company, uh, you know, on a pen, on a hat, you know, yeah. on the side of a truck or like, you know, some, some like in situ or in situation, like views, like if it was on a street sign for your office. So really, you know, I think that's another takeaway for people. It's like brand is just you should be thinking about your brand in that way. I see people just like doing a quick logo. It's like, well, you know, there's a lot to it, you know, like mm -hmm. two dudes does a great job, right? Like there's, oh a yeah, lot they brand. really do. From a visual perspective, it ties in with their culture and everything else. So, um, that was eye opening to me and a, honestly, a really fun process to go through. You can almost see when you visit a, a, a company's website or their Instagram or their social media, and you can see how their brand or their logo is connecting to, to the kind of the greater depths of, of the culture. I mean, to do this is a great example. They, their logo is a Volkswagen bus and they, they clearly, they have fun. They are colorful, mm -hmm. they're creative in their organization. So making sure that your logo speaks to what you want to um, come off as or what you like want to live and breathe in your organization. It, it is all connected. That's a really good point. Yeah. And one other thing, like this is like a little bit granular, but I think one of the things that I learned is there's, um, you know, there's your logo, but then there's other brand elements. Um, and I might not be using the terminology quite exactly right, but in our brand element, we use the triangle that kind of looks like a play button, right? Where it's mm -hmm. a system. So like that's, you can see that triangle element that's not in our logo, 
but it gives us something else visually to include in our marketing and on our website that connotates to what we do, uh, matches all the elements of our brand, but it gives us something else to kind of throw in there that visually is interesting, um, that really ma that makes sense, doesn't feel out of place, but it really mm -hmm. kind of makes your brand pop. Um, so like there, there's good examples of that, I'm sure in the painting and uh, you know contracting world as well, but that was something I learned that was like, oh, that's why these other brands look really good. <laughs> it's because they yeah. have well, there's like you a, know, a uh... doing it, you know? there's almost like a gamified element to it and people are attracted to th to certain things when they're when when things are gamified they're more likely mm -hmm. to kind of invest some time or get involved or get get excited over it mm -hmm. so you're bringing a game gamified element into your brand and it's attracting a certain certain group of people to it yeah yep absolutely so we go through the rebrand you have Taylor working with you. Um, you've relaunched kind of the new, the updated version. You've starting to kind of continue to attract more, more clients. What has happened in the last, I'd say, you know, six months to a year that's kind of brought you to this point? Yeah. I mean, we've been scaling sales and marketing um, is, is really the big thing, right? The product is in a solid spot. You know, mm -hmm. we, we launched the new version of the product in early late 2020, early 2021, we really had four months of kind of like cut everybody over. Like that was a huge effort. Like, Hey, we're not using this old, the old version. We got this new thing. It's like, you have a new way to use groundwork. Like that was a big thing. Yeah. Um, so we did that. Um, and then we've just been testing sales and marketing strategies, right? Like, um, going to events, trade shows, um, you know, industry association events, uh, your event summit in, mm -hmm. um, in Nashville. Um, so we've been doing a lot of that, making incremental product updates as well, uh, growing the team. We now have a team of five, which is kind of crazy. That's so um, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So we just brought on a, a full-time salesperson, which is, which is, uh, panning out great already. Um, awesome. he's doing a great job. His name is James. He's based in Cincinnati. Um, and we also signed a, a national uh, partnership with a cabinet refranchising or cabinet refinishing franchise. Um, awesome. So we're working towards some of those larger type of things, which from a, um, you know, our business standpoint really moves the needle for us, um, mm -hmm. you know, but we'll always work for work uh, with and really target these, you know, kind of the, the upper end of any given metro. Like we want to work with the contractors who get it. Um, and, um, you know, we pick up, you know, a handful of those every, every week, month and, you know, onward and upward. That's so exciting. I mean, so where you are now to where you were two years ago is it's an entirely different picture. Um, yeah. and lessons have been learned along the way, of course, um, anything like really, you know, so the, the brand component is, is a big one, but anything really speak to you about what the ride has looked like? And obviously the ride continues and there's so much more to come and, and to happen for the vision of the company. But are there just a couple of things that really stand out to you of being an entrepreneur and seeing just kind of this, this uh, dream come to life? Yeah, I think um, it's a... I, I think more so with a software business than, you know, that's a little bit novel, a little bit out there um, than for with service businesses. Although there's, this could certainly be said is, you know, patient impatience um, is a, is a skill. Um, you know, knowing when to push, 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 knowing when to say, um, you know, we need to be patient here. You know, there are other priorities or, um, that is, uh, I don't think anybody ever masters that to know, you know, when to mash the gas pedal versus mm -hmm. when to be, you know, coasting in one way or the other, maybe coasting is not the right word, but there's, you know, there are seasons in a business to, you know, attack different problems. Uh, there are, um, you know, different, Strategy. I mean, this, that can be applied for team, you know, how you build your team, mm -hmm. um, how you direct the strategy for sales and marketing efforts, you know, that, that balance of pushing, 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 grow, grow, grow versus understanding that this is not easy 
Um, and it's okay to fail at some things to miss our numbers, mm-hmm. you know, to lose a customer that we were really excited to have, you know, using the tool, um, to launch a new, new feature. And luckily this hasn't really happened yet, but like, we're working on a pretty big update and it's like, part of me is like, oh man, I hope everybody likes it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah like, so true. There's, there's all that stuff. that's just, you know, the, it's, it's the comfortability with uncertainty um, and still pushing on in the face of that is, um, is a skill that I'm thankful for. I think I've gotten pretty good at it. Um, but that is something that any business owner, that feeling is something that most business owners know. Um, and I think it's just a, a, a journey within us inside a journey, so to speak, to mm-hmm. figure out how that works for you and how you can kind of manage yourself through those times that, you want to match the gas pedal, but might that might not be the best decision. Yeah, gosh, manage yeah, managing oneself. That's gotta be one of the trickiest yes. components of it. Oh. There's so there's so much happening in your head. Um you you seeing things and also being um a willing to let some things go, whether it's when you're hiring, I mean, this has been your baby, and then mm-hmm. you bring on team members and you're now giving them responsibility, but it's like, do they get it? Do they, do they, uh, do I trust them? Like, this is, this is still so fragile. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're early in that process, right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're still pretty early in that. Uh, luckily our team is just awesome. Like just have been lucky enough to get people on a team that, that get it, you know, and understand that this isn't, this is hard work. You know, there's there's stuff that's not going to work out. There's, you know, there are a lot of factors at play and, you know, how we want to grow in a sustainable, smart, uh, healthy way. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, you know, there's aren't, there aren't very many overnight wins, but um, yeah, letting go of things is a challenge for any business owner, certainly Uh, maybe even more so for like concept, uh, you know, complete, nothing like a whiteboard drawing of what maybe could exist in the world um, to where we're, you know, actually have a product and now it's, now it's time to hand off, but it's fun challenges. I I talk to people and it's like, we're in, we're in a really fun time in our business. You know, we've grown 60% over the first three months of the year. Um, Amazing. And, you know, we're, we're, we're on a good path. We have good problems to solve uh, and a really awesome team that's working to, to, and knock them off the list. That's, I mean, to have a good good team as the backbone, that's huge. Um, yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit, um, but kind of relating to what you just said, you're in a really fun time of the business because you are, you've got a great product out there. You've got a team of people. There is su- such great potential ahead. You're making connections and you're meeting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You're going to trade events. You're doing a lot of networking. So I'd love to hear from you. Um, just kind of switching gears into the industry space. What are you seeing and hearing in the industry, having spoken to a lot of different people, you know, mostly from a sales perspective, we mm-hmm. are, I think to some degree working in a hybrid world a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are still working some, some days at home, but are going into the office. Some mm-hmm. things are, have stayed the you know, from, from, from meetings perspective have remained over Zoom, there was no need to, to do things in person. Um, right. So from a sales capacity, what are you hearing and seeing? What has, what's sticking in that, that you think is going to continue to happen going forward? So I, I talk about, um, there's a concept called the innovation curve. Um, and I think maybe early on in our, you know, when we started chatting and doing webinars, I may have, may have put it up on a slide in a, in a webinar, mm-hmm. but um, the idea of an innovation curve is that there's on the, if you're familiar with the bell curve, right, it starts out kind of low on the graph and then it gradually gets higher. You have a crest in the middle and then it kind of gradually goes over um, to the right side of the graph. Um, and in the beginning part, there's a small amount of early adopters that are really interested in the next thing, what's coming up, you know, how am I, you know, going to get the, the newest iPhone as an example, right? Um, and then you got the middle of the curve. That's like, that's like the mass adoption um, of any new technology. 
and then you've got the the other like the last tail end which are the old you know curmudgeons who are never gonna you know let go of their blackberry in the right. you know in the smartphone example or their flip phone or their landline maybe mm -hmm. right so there's there's a and this happens over time right you've got the early adopters that jump in first you get the middle of the curve that's you know mass adoption they come next and then um you know, you've got your your laggards or your, your late adopters. I think we're in the early adopter phase still of kind of this virtual tech world. Um, mm -hmm. Part of that is because, um, I'm sorry, the virtual sales world. Part of that is because just traditionally, I, I mean, since the beginning of time, any service business has been an in-person thing. Like that is just, I mean, just the repetition, the inertia of that business process is really, really huge. Um, you know, there's training involved, there's, you know, personnel involved, there's all sorts of business processes involved. Um, so I think we're early still. I really okay. do. Um, I think there's a ton of change that's going to happen. Um, and it probably in some ways will be led maybe more so by homeowners than contractors themselves. Mm. I have seen a lot of that. Um, yeah. where homeowners are just, I, I mean, if contractors listening to this are probably familiar with, oh, can, can't you just give me a price over the phone? Right. Uh, I mean, it, homeowners don't get a lot of the details that go into some of the, you know, the project considerations, measurements, let alone, you know, all the other things that you need to take into account as you're you know, doing a project. Um, so I think we're in the early innings. Um, and we'll likely see real, real changes in the next three to five years. Um, I think we'll be in that middle of the bell curve towards the end of the five years of like where people, where it is absolutely the first thing that a homeowner does is some sort of a virtual interaction versus um, whether it be video or, you know, uh, whatever type of measurement tools we're able to come up with. I think that's probably going to be the majority of first interactions mm -hmm. in the three to five year window. Um, I think it's going to happen quicker thanks to, you know, all of what we've experienced. Um, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's good for the customers. I think it's good for contractors. There will be some retraining for contractors because I know people listening to this are like, I want to get in front of them. I want to talk to them. And I, I totally get that. You know, there's there's a different sales tactic in yep. some of the stuff that we do, um, but it's not terribly different. Like the human psychology is the same, although it's shifting a little bit, but it's still the same. Um, so there's there's different expectations, but the psychology I think is the same. So I think we're in the early innings, but we'll it'll ramp up pretty quickly here. Yeah, I mean, I, when I think about my own experience as a consumer, and when I need to get a project done. I mean, it's how, how are we engaging with a, um, with a company's website? How are we finding somebody? When we go down to that website, what's our method of reaching out to them and mm -hmm. phone call, or can I engage in a way that groundwork, um, provides? And I, my generation leans more towards how much information can I get up front before I have to like make a connection here? And, mm -hmm. I, or how much can I give to the company to kind of get a sense of uh, what the project might look like before mm -hmm. I have to get somebody to, to schedule time to come out. And so I think what, mm -hmm. what, what you're doing is providing a customer with um, an experience up front, providing the contractor with information and in some senses, I mean, lead qualification is huge. Like think about the, the spring rush right now and the mm -hmm. summertime, especially East Coast, Northeast, there is a major ramp up and the yep. phones are ringing off the hook. This has already been a, a home improvement industry, like amazing time of, of the last two years, mm -hmm. but it's even, it quadruples in the spring and summertime. Yep. So how are you, how are you able, how are you qualifying the leads? How are you rethinking the sales process to make sure that you're getting to the leads that you want? I mean, groundwork plays a part in all of this. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. so thinking about it from multiple different lenses, um, I think there's, there's definitely buy-in there. Yeah. I mean, I think the, uh, you know, it's, 
it's it's a bit generational. Um, you know, our product we we rely on text messaging, and basically, if you have a smartphone, I say if you have a smartphone, you can figure it out. Um, yeah. If you got a flip phone, you know, sorry, <laughs> probably, probably, <laughs> yeah. probably not. It's okay. Not it's okay. Be, yeah, it's okay. You know, you're, yeah. you're good. Do you your not, thing. Not yeah. yeah. Do do you? But yeah. um, but uh, you know, it's there's there, it's going to be really interesting to see the shift of where things go. But right now, I mean, all those things you mentioned, we talk about all the time, right? Pre-qualified leads, um, engage your customer, right? Like when when you say like the homeowner wants to give you information, like that's a buying signal, right? Like yeah. that's, a real, that's a real good buying signal. They're interested when you get good information, that's, that's either, that's a buying signal that they, now they might not buy from you, but um, if you can efficiently get that lead either out of the funnel or to the bottom of the funnel quicker, mm-hmm. then you win, right? Like that's that's just like time kills all deals. You want to be proactive, you know, um, you know, respond quickly. All of these things matter, and you know that is the guiding. Like the what I find so fun is that you know the psychology of the sales process, which I mean, all this stuff I've put together over years and years of doing this now, but like the psychology of the buying process of the homeowner um, is largely our guiding force to what the product does. Um, how do they want to, how do they want to buy? Um, mm-hmm. Because if you make that easy, you're going to get more people to buy, right? And then we just yeah. need to make it easy for contractors to understand that and to equip them with the tools to close. Um, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a fun time to be a part of this industry and, um, you know, part of the technology world in, in contracting. What does that, um, kind of adoption, um, time frame or conversation look like? I mean, I'm sure that you meet people who are instantly intrigued and mm-hmm. maybe a little, are, are a little bit more tech savvy and can like see like the click right there of how it would work versus others are curious, but a little wary of, you know, changing of my process. Will my customers yeah. get it? How are you seeing, like, how, how are you seeing that buy-in happen or, or, um, you know, maybe folks who have jumped on started using the program. What is what is their their take now on it? Yeah, so um, there there definitely are kind of two. I mean, sometimes we have people come up to us at a trade show or you know see our stuff, and it's just like, yeah, this is a no brainer, and like I'm on board, sign up, get going. I mean, we launch contractors within a week. So it's like, this is, we pride ourselves on like quick time to value, right? If you mm-hmm. pay us, if you pay us to have things, something going, like our goal is for you to have a positive ROI within weeks, if not days, mm-hmm. um, just by the same time, we haven't even talked about gas prices. And like, that's a, that's another factor we were starting to hear when we talked to contractors. It's like, yeah. how can I reduce that expense? It's like, there's all these things that like, if you get it, we can, we can get you going. Honestly, it's it's less about um, kind of when we talk to people who are interested enough to sit down and have a conversation with us and kind of curious to see the product. It's um, most of the time it's more so the sales process conversation, like how does this affect my sales process? Because mm-hmm. um, I've got a staff of three salespeople and like kind of like the business process change. Um, that's more of the um, you know, conversation that we have to work through and kind of brainstorm like how this would work in, you know, different situation. Um, then it is like, oh, I don't see value in the tool. Um, it's more so like kind of the integration conversation, yeah. which I love that stuff because that it's like my business nerdery. I love to like talk <laughs> through it. And what we've done, I think, well with the product is we make it, um, uh, specific enough but still flexible enough that if you're a if like we have contractors like we have a painter in in the chicagoland area who only uses groundwork like he will not do an in-person sales appointment unless he has a video Uh, we have a in virginia that does that um 
So there's there's that side of things. And then we have people who will talk to us like, well, my sales team, we like to close on, you know, we like to get in front of the customer. And I think there's a dichot, they're like, they think it's like, if you use groundwork, you can't do the in-person thing, but we're like, hey, if you use groundwork and get that information and like kind of pre-qualify that lead, that that closing conversation, that in-person conversation, you're mm-hmm. verifying measurements, you know, you're kind of getting the nitty-gritty on the project. You probably already know their pain point at least a little bit. You know, you can kind of get to a pretty darn, you know, high close rate in those in those meetings mm-hmm. and still do the in-person process. So, kind of teaching that hybrid approach um, is maybe something that's not so obvious when we talk to talk to contractors who are running a, you know, a good process. What I would say, like a, a formed process yep. and we're coming in and put technology in there like, whoa, 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 whoa. we got a right. process. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we do a pretty good job of fitting into that. Which I think that's, that's key there is you are not trying to disrupt the process that exists because um, clearly it works. You're trying to make it the process a little bit more efficient, mm-hmm. um, but I'll still allow where where it's desired that um, in person connection. Um, you're you're still trying to hit understanding the pain point, making creating the bond and rapport with the customer. You're still making sure that the critical steps in the sales process are being hit. You're just doing them a little bit differently, or yep. creating a structure for them to happen a little bit differently. Um, but you're, you're right. The, the factors that exist right now, gas prices, the cost of a lead, I mean, the, those are all the things that, you, that contractors have to think about now with everything coming in and best using their sales team's time most effectively. Uh, and uh, true, the, their operations team's time most effectively, understanding what, what are the jobs that we're really good at and what are the jobs that that we're not. Um, yep. I mean, we at Nolan Consultant Group, we are big on systems and processes and making things more efficient, high-performing teams. So where you can find technology to be a part of that process, we are fully on board with and behind. I mean, there's other great companies out there that are doing that are in different components, like company cam does, you know, from an operational side. So seeing how you can take different components of your business and bring in technology like groundwork, um, it's just opening up eyes to potential and to kind of moving forward with just the, the, the environment itself from a, from a customer base, because you have to be where your customers are. Because if you're not in line with where your customers are, well, then they're going to, you're going to get lost behind at the end of the day. Yep, absolutely. So what is the future of Groundwork, Jeff? I mean, where do you want to go? What's the next hire for this team? I mean, there's, tell me. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned, I think I mentioned we hired a salesperson, probably hire another salesperson. Um, uh, Probably a little bit more senior, maybe work on some of the partnership stuff that we've got brewing. Um, So there's that. Um, We're adding to our marketing team. Um, We'll probably add some customer success help as well. Um, You know, that's something we pride ourselves on is is really solid customer support. Um, You know, whether it be help desk tickets or just like our onboarding um, process. Um, A lot of these roles, just from like a business perspective, like a look under the hood are, are, some of them are, you know, more so customer facing type of things, but a lot of it is like getting our business processes together, right? Like we're growing, you know, there are new problems arising because, mm-hmm. you know, as you change and morph and grow and do different things, there are um, new things to figure out. So there's there's a good bit of that. That's that's a lot, a lot of what I'll be focusing on. But from our product perspective, I mean, we're, we've got um, a new survey uh, experience. But, uh, we need to figure out a better way to call it in the survey, but let's call it a customer experience, uh, the homeowner experience. Okay. We're rolling that out actually here in a couple of weeks. Maybe it, maybe it's already going to be out um, by the time this this airs. But um, so we're really excited about that. Uh, it just feels better, newer. Uh, feels probably less like a survey and more like um, you know just an experience for the homeowner to go through to to get their project information communicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're adding uh, some automations as well, uh, cool. which is exciting. Uh, we're start dipping our toe in that to uh, get some feedback and see how that goes. But generally what, where we're headed is 
anything we can do to make a sales team more effective, to make the whole sales process more effective. I don't think we'll ever necessarily go into like lead generation stuff, but think about um, where those leads come from. Um, you know, your marketing campaigns, trade shows, um, um, physical mail, um, like all these things have an entry point and mm -hmm. we want to be a resource to contractors to take those leads from disparate areas and start to process them in smart ways. Uh, so you're not just setting appointments on the calendar, you're setting really, really solid ones on the calendar after you mm -hmm. can qualify these leads. Um, so that has more collaboration stuff that has integration stuff with other platforms. Um, but a lot of it is going to be focused around collaboration, engagement from the homeowner to get contractors the information they need to qualify leads and close more of their ideal customers. That's good stuff. It will be fun to to do another check-in down the line and see where you guys are at. I mean, just to to have met you at the time of, I don't want to call it the, the infancy of, of groundwork. It, it's it, accurate. That would be it, accurate. The, but to see where you guys are now, um, I know a lot of our NCG clients, some members are utilizing the platform and are really happy with it. So it's really, it's cool to see just that adoption um, from individuals that we know and how it's really taken off. And just to see you guys keep improving and your team building, um, it's really exciting. And we have to mention uh, that thanks to Jeff and the Groundwork uh, team, they're offering a partnership for Summit members um, who are looking to get started using the code NOLAN22. The setup fee is waived and a discounted first month at $99. Um, if you're looking to get yourself into uh, kind of rethinking your sales process a little bit, making it a little bit more effective, want to explore the technology we at NCG recommend it um, just from seeing what our summit members have done and what we know and knowing Jeff and the team um, and where, where they've been and where they're going and just um, kind of the genuine desire to really help the contracting world um, is great for us to see. So Jeff, thank you so much for that. Yeah, no problem. Happy to do it. And uh, you can use that right on the website um, and it's just hellogroundwork.com. Hellogroundwork.com. And for our summit members, we will also include this information in our summit weekly communication um, over the next week or two once this this episode is released. released. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much. I'm excited to see where Groundwork continues to go and your team continue to grow. And uh, I look forward to the future. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on and um, letting me share a little bit of the story. It was really fun to kind of recap it. Um, yeah. Really kind of given just the Nolan Consulting Group's, uh, you know, timing in our story is really, really fun to continue our relationship and uh, look forward to more conversations like this and hanging out at the summit and, uh, yes. and all the other stuff. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Thanks, Molly. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.